Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, at least I like the temperatures that I'm seeing for the front part of this week. Welcome in, everybody. Glad you're along with us. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee. Looking forward to seeing you this week at the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. That's Thursday and Friday, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Front part of this week, the temperature is pretty moderate compared to what we've experienced. Today, a lot of clouds, though. 32 are expected high. Tomorrow, the warmest day of the week, will bounce up to around 34. Wednesday, we're cooling to around 19 degrees. I'm afraid Thursday and Friday, the good news is, we'll be in the Kalahari Resort. Thursday's expected high, 14, and Friday's highs, 10 above. We'll talk weather with Stumach, our ag meteorologist, on the way. We're also tracking the Omicron variant in rural communities. You know, a lot of emphasis put on what's happening in the metro areas, but boy, I'll tell you what, if you're in a rural community, you're still struggling with how to get a handle on this. And unfortunately, a lot of the uh, vaccination rates in rural areas are lagging behind. We'll bring you a little bit on that. And don't forget, Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo comes this Thursday and Friday to the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. We're talking with Dr. Rodrigo Worley, one of our weed specialists, about some of the highlights of the forums he'll be leading. Stick around. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to DeKalb, constantly innovating products and technology to maximize crop protection, production, and yields. And from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. You know, everybody in the food industry, the grocery industry, in agriculture, talking about sustainability. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. But you know what? Agriculture has been focused on sustainability basically since its beginning. Although now we're telling the story a little bit better. Jill, Bob Bosel got a chance to visit with one of our Wisconsin growers and shares the message of uh, what sustainability may look like on a farm. Yes, Pam. Bob had the chance to talk to Lee Kennard of Casco, Wisconsin. He's a dairy farmer that's a board member of Farmers for Sustainable Food. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. Bob asked him how this group came about. Farmers are very much engaged in sustainability as far as our food supply, the environment. And there's an organization now called Farmers for Sustainable Food. And Lee Kennard, who's a dairy farmer and a board member for the organization, Dairy Farmer in the Casco area around Wisconsin. Lee, first of all, give us a little background as we talk about Farmers for Sustainable Food. Give us the, uh, the overall group thought or how this came to be. Yeah, so really we're a pretty new organization, so uh, making some really big progress really fast. But really how we came to be is, you know, the conversation about agriculture, about so much in the world, is sustainability. Um, so probably about seven years ago, uh, a group of farmers, processors, retailers um, started meeting and talking about what is sustainability. So that's really was the beginnings of Farmers for Sustainable Food, um, defined sustainability, but I think we did things a little differently. Um, we reached out to all parties involved. You know, it, it does no good to talk 
in a vacuum. So I think uh, did a really good job, the processors, the retailers, the farmers, and I think we went one step further, which has really been crucial. We reached out to partners like the Nature Conservancy, environmental groups that look at things just a little bit differently. And I think that's really been the strength of Farmers for Sustainable Food. Um, with that, it's, it's really given us a very clear definition of sustainability. It's also given us a very clear path to, number one, finding out where we are on the sustainability journey as a whole, individually as the individual farm, as the individual processor, and really laying a roadmap to how do we get to the definition of sustainability that we've laid out. I was going to say, that's my question. What kind of a definition did you come up with for sustainability? Because depending on the groups you talk to, people working the land or, you know, people that are in town reading blogs would have a different definition. What definition did you guys come up with? Yeah, and I think therein lies the strength of having everybody at that table. So really we came up with the similar definition, but, you know, without a doubt, I think... Um, we place the environment first, although it's it's a three-tiered pedestal, and, and just like others, it's the environment, it's economic viability, and then it has to work socially. But I think what we've done is we've weighed all three of them and said, okay, true sustainability is not going to happen with any of those legs being any weaker than the other. So it's really helpful, again, to have all of those concerned parties at the table because people began realizing, okay, we can do this, but it's going to have a negative effect on this one. So it really reframes, reframes the whole conversation. So we've got the definition. You've got a lot of groups involved. How far are we down the line setting up programs, whatever the case may be, as far as reaching sustainability? Because this isn't going to be done overnight. No, it's not. But I'll tell you, we've, we've really made tremendous progress. So I think one of our biggest accomplishments to date has been setting up a network of producer-led watershed groups. You're starting to see them pop up in the news. Uh, they become really popular. Farmers for Sustainable Food has really been offering the framework and a lot of the assistance, bringing in their knowledge and openly sharing it with these farmer-led groups, these farmer-led initiatives, really bringing what we know as the desire for sustainability from the consumer, from the public, bringing that back to the farmers. The farmers are the ones that are nine times out of ten going to affect the change. And I think that's really been the incredible. We've now got you know six producer-led watershed groups, 225,000 tillable acres in the state of Wisconsin, representing 200,000 cows that have willingly joined, willingly give their time, um, have done the homework to put that stake in the ground saying this is where we are on our sustainability journey and committed to continuous improvement. That's that's a pretty incredible story. That's a lot of cows and a lot of acres um, and quite a success story for an organization that's fairly new. And it's going to be successful when farmers buy in, and you said they have in these watershed programs to make these decisions. What's best for their land might not be best for somebody in two, three counties over, but you all knew, you all know you don't do this in a vacuum. You've got NRCS, you've got all government agencies. Are they, and I would expect they would, because you're really helping them with their job, buying into this and giving you technical support and all the things that, uh, that you need to reach sustainability? Oh, Bob, not only are they buying into this, they're full support and indeed supporters. And when we talk about collaboration, absolutely, they've been at the table from the beginning and really been helpful. You know, they brought um, things like the Demo Farms Network to several of our producer-led watersheds. Um, uh, the progress that's being made is because we have been fully inclusive and, you know, really instead of, as you said, talking in a vacuum, we're talking as a group and it's not an echo chamber. So there's real effective change, really moving the dial towards sustainability. And does that mean funding is coming from these organizations as well? Because, you know, you start bringing machines in or whatever you need to do to work on these watersheds and things like that. 
are you having success getting the funding you need? There is an important component there, um, uh, you know, but one of the things we want to be careful of, uh, absolutely, as farmers are trying new practices, there's risk involved. There's, there's absolutely, nobody's going to look you straight in the eye and say, yep, no risk, this worked over there, it'll work here. Um, so I, I think the, the groups, um, the governmental agencies, the nature conservancies have been very good. Even the processors have stepped forward with funding to take some of that risk out of first-year practices. But if we go back to, hey, what does sustainability look like? Economics becomes really important. So all of the, all of the desired outcomes must work economically. And when we take that into account and we can teach, we can work together as a group of farmers and realize that, hey, not only is this thing, this practice, this technology great for the environment, but it also works economically, and it also works to bring that next generation of farmer back to the farm. Suddenly, farmers want to do this. So, you know, it's, it's no longer the carrot and the stick approach. This is definitely the carrot, and it works quite well. And this is not because of regulations, but because of the need for sustainability on the land. Lee Kennard with us, who's a board member of the program Farmers for Sustainable Food, farmer in the Casco area. Lee, we're talking about Wisconsin. Is this a national effort or is it expanding across the country? What is that status? Yeah, I'm very proud to say it is expanding. We've been, uh, you know, we've been reached out to by groups not only in dairy farming, but, you know, the model that we've created. There was a lot of time and a lot of energy and some really bright people that put this model together. It's very replicable, thus Farmers for Sustainable Food. So we've been, you know, we've got corn growers calling us from Iowa. We, we've got, uh, you know, farmers, South Dakota, there's a large dairy presence there, so that was the connection there. Um, but obviously dairy farming in South Dakota is, is similar but dissimilar to Wisconsin. A lot of the growers there are farmers, and the dairyman is simply the dairyman. So we're moving on down this line, but yeah, it's, it's incredible the reach. Again, we're a fairly new organization. I'm really excited about where this is going to go. What is the goal? I mean, obviously sustainability for sustainable food, but uh, how fast are you moving and when will you be declaring it a success or is it an open-ended journey? So it's an open-ended journey, Bob, but I'll tell you one of the things that excites me, especially by having some of these key groups, the Nature Conservancy, for example, mm -hmm in the group with us. You know, we've realized that sustainability in itself is a stepping stone, but we've actually realized that some of the bigger issues we talk about, we talk about global climate change, we talk about carbon sequestration, um, suddenly it's like, wait a minute, if we're doing this from a sustainable model, guess what, we're also increasing our soil's carbon capacity, water holding capacity, so we're doing great environmentally, but on the bigger platform, suddenly we're actually taking land that sustainability is no longer the goal we're regenerative agriculture so I think it's a process um, uh, pretty cool to see that some of the practices being implemented by farmers are actually you know far surpassing just simple sustainability how do farmers find out about this and maybe get involved in the program Lee? well obviously thank you today for the interview that definitely is going to help reach an awful lot of farmers I know farmers are busy guys I am and uh, listening to the radio is a lot easier but if they do have some time, uh, we have a great web presence, uh, farmersforsustainablefood.com. We are on all of the social medias, all of the social platforms. We would welcome inquiries from other farmers. I mean, I think this is something that uh, farmers can get behind and are very excited to be a part of. No idea is a bad idea. It has to be discussed. Lee, keep up the good work. Hey, thank you, Bob. Thank you for your time today, and thanks for helping us get the word out. It's appreciated. Uh, and it's a need, word that needs to get out. Again, Farmers for Sustainable Food. Lee Kennard is a member of the board, a dairy farmer in the Casco area. I'm Bob Osold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As we move into the cold winter months, you may notice drafts around your windows and doors. Now is the time to let Prairie Exteriors give you a full, free inspection and show you what new windows and doors can do for the health of your family and your home. 
Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chunk Gill. And from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. In Wisconsin, recent crash data show that someone is injured or killed in a crash involving an inattentive driver every 46 minutes. Cell phones usually make our lives easier, but when they're misused, serious harm can result. Drivers who read and send text messages while they drive endanger all of us and can cause catastrophic injuries. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been injured by distracted drivers and we know how common that negligence is. Clifford and Rihala urges you, please don't text while you drive. By making smart choices on the road, you can protect yourself and help prevent crashes. If you've been injured by a distracted driver, call us, we'll help you. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it is a Monday, a Compure Financial Monday at that, and we're trying to get you up to speed on the weather coming your way. Uh, we've got Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo Thursday and Friday, plenty of other activities going on. Going to see if we can reach our man Stu Muckag, meteorologist. Barely able to hear you, Stu. Well, you know, it's uh, still going to be a pretty fair-looking late January pattern. Some mild temperatures to start the week. That's great news. But at the same time, there is going to be some snow chance. But that really, I expect, is going to stay a little further south. So for folks planning to travel toward the Corn Soy Expo, shouldn't be a big deal. But there's going to be a big change from a couple of mild days to much colder weather later in the week. And at the same time, we'll be watching some snow, and that's going to have more of an effect, I expect, on towards southeast Wisconsin, down into Illinois, Indiana, and even back towards southeast parts of Iowa and northern Missouri. There's going to be a pretty fair snow system setting up for the week. Today, we have low pressure way up in Canada, a warm front trying to move in. That will mean some sunshine and mild air, even nicer than yesterday, up into the low 30s, above normal. That's all well and good. Nice to have those days now and again in the winter. Reminds us that uh, winter may not be all that long. We can get through this, there's no doubt. But we are going to see that low in Canada also be reinforced by a system out of the Pacific Northwest. And there is some snow, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, back into western Wyoming this morning. And that moisture will come together with that low that's going to drop in from Canada. 
Number one, that will mean a few more clouds. With the clouds, temperatures won't cool as much overnight, but then a cool front does slip through, and as our winds shift tomorrow, temperatures will begin to fall. The falling happening first at Eau Claire and La Crosse and maybe into Boston by the afternoon. The temps really start to drop off Tuesday. All the rest of us see that toward evening. Getting a lot colder Tuesday night and staying that way Wednesday. Yes, I said there's some snow chance. That front, that cool front that slips through, will drop off to our southeast, may become a little more stationary, and that's when there could be that snow chance in far southern Wisconsin. Wednesday Wednesday night more likely, and just lasting into the day Thursday. I don't expect we're in for much in Wisconsin. Further south, definitely more wintry weather going to be the name of the game, and I expect that activity will be staying off to our south, and the better news is that as it starts to clear out, we do stay better, a more likely chance of staying dry, but at the same time, with temperatures that will be cooler than normal, that cooler air mass building in for the end of the week. Count on that one, and it's not going to change in, in any great measure. Temperatures do stay a lot cooler as we head toward Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but stand the chance to get back toward normal already by Sunday and into early next week. whole lot of stuff there. I'll highlight it for you. We'll give you the forecast details right after this. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Focus on your farm in 2022 with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy can help identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001. All right, let's see if we can get through this, Stu. Hello. Well, Pam, I can tell you, our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update, well, it's going to include some sunshine today and a lot of temperatures around freezing, low 30s, upper 20s. That doesn't sound too bad at all. South winds 5 to 15. Now, overnight, some clearing still holding on in the west, but clouds will be building in. And those temps may drop off early, but rise again up toward 20 or in the 20s, especially in southern Wisconsin, mid and upper 20s overnight with south winds at 5 to 15 and a bit gusty. Into Tuesday, some clouds in the west, partly sunny east and southeast. Temperatures falling, as I've said, Eau Claire, La Crosse, Mauston, dropping back down toward the 20s, even into the teens. But we may hit an upper 30 or 40 in eastern Wisconsin. South winds 5 to 15 and gusty becoming west. That's where that cold air comes from. And Wednesday, mostly cloudy skies. Snow in the far south. I think Madison, Beaver Dam, and areas southeast about it. Everybody else, just a few more clouds. But certainly cooler in the teens Wednesday and Thursday. And then some warm-up finally toward the weekend, Pam. So there will be improvement, but that cold air really is going to settle in, especially as we look toward Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the snow chance most likely does remain a bit further off to our south. 
That's not too bad. I'll, I'm fine with not having to clean up, that's for sure. Thanks, Stu. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with uh, your weather details uh, as best we could on a Monday morning. Stu has been traveling. He's in uh, Minnesota, so that's why some of the remote quality may be not what we like. Uh, around the state of Wisconsin this morning, though, everybody kind of waking up with halfway decent temperatures. I should say at least double digits for the most part. Eau Claire, 7 above. La Crosse, 7 above. Fond du Lac, 3 above. Madison, currently at 12 above. And like Stu said, hopefully looking for better things later this week. Compure Financial bringing you the ag weather this morning. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. We're going to visit with Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University Extension Weed Specialist, before we wrap it up this Monday. He is going to be one of the special guest speakers in breakout sessions at the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. That, of course, is coming up Friday or Thursday and Friday at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Always want to remind you that you can uh, find those uh, details and find out more about the program and get registered, cornsoyexpo.org. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Imagine a brand new maintenance-free look for your home's exterior. Have Prairie Exteriors show you options like architecturally designed siding, which can give you the look of cedar without the worry of woodpeckers or painting. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Focus on your farm in 2022 with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy can help identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. When we help accident victims, we fight to get them full justice, nothing less. That means all of the losses your injuries cause, medical bills, lost wages, and compensation for all your pain and suffering, now and in the future. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we rely on thorough analysis, detailed preparation, and a strong compassion for our clients to help you achieve your maximum recovery. 
Over decades of helping accident victims, we've built a track record of success that you can trust. When you choose Clifford and Rihala, we'll fight to make those responsible for your injuries pay you nothing less than the full compensation you deserve to make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you for justice. MyJustice.com. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked. Little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time. Honest conversations. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. News this morning. It, usually the news breaks after Rowdy and I are off air. Thank God it happened before we got on air. It was, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the Denver Broncos um, head coach. Is this enough to steal Aaron Rodgers away? And uh, what happens with Devontae Adams? Because Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show saying about, like, He's connected with Devontae Adams, kind of. He wants to give his uh, thought process of what he wants to do before free agency begins to be fair to everyone from Devontae to the Green Bay organization. What happens with Devontae and Rodgers now, uh, Robbie? Evo, Denver's been one of the front runners, if not the front runner for Rodgers, I think, since, you know, since the draft last offseason, right? When when Rodgers, uh, the day of the draft, news news broke that Rodgers didn't want to come back to Green Bay. And, you know, only he and Brian Gutekunst really, I'd say at this point, maybe a few others in the organization, know exactly what was agreed to to get Rodgers to come back uh, for this season, Evo, to, you know, to, to get him to report for the start of training camp. Um, they, they obviously, they, they voided the 2023 season on Rodgers' contract. They gave him Randall Cobb. But, but Evo, the, the, the biggest thing when they voided that contract was they gave Rodgers power and control this offseason to largely make a decision on his future. If Green Bay had him under contract, Evo, the next two seasons, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have a whole lot of moves right now in this chess game. 
by voiding that contract, Evo, you know, they, they, they gave all the power and control back to Rogers. And now, and now that decision is his. Um, you know, whether he and Gutekunst shook hands and wink, wink, and, and, and made a deal that said, come back and bust your hump and, and let's give it a go here again in 2021, and then we'll get you out of town. Uh, before the new league year in, in 2022. That's certainly a possibility, Evo. And if, and if that's what's going to play out here over the next month, uh, Denver certainly jumps to the to the head of the pack now in terms of teams, I would say most likely to get Rodgers. You know, I just looked it up, Evo. They've got about $41 million in cap space, so they can easily redo a deal and give Rodgers a new contract, fit him under. If they want to make a move along the way too here for Adams, Evo, whether that means just signing him in free agency or if the Packers tag him and then trade him um, in, in uh, you know, before the free agency period hits, they could certainly do that. They will have plenty of cap room to get them both under if, if they really wanted to. Now, now Denver Evo has a, a really good, young, gifted, talented roster. They've, they've got a lot of young, skilled people on the offensive side of the ball. And, and even though they struggled, Evo, scoring points with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, they finished number three in total defense. Hmm. So the defense is set up to win today. There's a lot of young talent in, the, in that building. If they added Aaron Rodgers, it could look a lot like, you know, the team uh, Tom Brady walked into last season, Evo, in, in Tampa Bay. So uh, obviously we will pay remarkably close attention here over the, over the next few weeks. <laughs> Rogers has said this is not going to get all the way to free agency, you know, in the end so. of March. Evo, I, I would anticipate this thing is done certainly sometime in February. You know, where 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 everybody knows where he's headed next. But uh, Den- Denver certainly moved up uh, the ladder even higher, Evo, to to, to, to land this quarterback uh, by hiring Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, so Rowdy and I were talking earlier this morning, Robbie, about you know going to the AFC. The AFC. I'm sure you've seen the movies Young Guns one and two, Robbie. But yeah, there's a lot of young guns out there in the AFC. And would Rodgers, especially when you go and look at the, you know, the conference he's been joining, would you really want to go out there and battle with all these guys? Why not stay in the NFC like the Green Bay Packers where you know you can win the division, you know you can have a, a potential shot at home field advantage again and kind of, you know, m- maybe beat the boogeyman Tom Brady if he's back. Who else is who else is besting Rodgers in the NFC compared to the AFC, Robbie? No, I, there's no question about it. Like you outlined right there, think of his division potentially, Evo, with, with Mahomes. Uh, who's you know set right now to go to his third straight Super Bowl? Fourth, he's already in his fourth straight AFC title game. Herbert, the kid who's who's clearly on the rise. You could make the case Josh Allen's the best player in football right now, Evo, after what he did this year and, and his performance in in the divisional round last week. Joe Burrow is still alive, obviously. He's a young rising star. Evo, you even think of this um, last off season when when Russell Wilson put out a list of of places where he may, uh, you know, he, he, he would, he would happily go and play Las Vegas was one of them evil. Yeah. So let's even say this thing gets crazier. Right. And, and Rogers goes to Denver and somehow Russell Wilson leaves Seattle uh, this off season and winds up in Las Vegas. This is the Midwest farm report. From Stay. It's a great way to start your day. 
Every time I hear that, it reminds me of summer. Well, not exactly summer around Wisconsin at this stage in the game, but our temperatures are going to look better today. Cloudy skies 32, cloudy skies tomorrow, and 34 degrees. I'm Pam Yonke. So glad you're along with us on this, the final day of January, 31st day. Did you know on this day back in 1846, Carroll College was chartered? Yep, over by Waukesha. It was chartered by the territorial legislature. Remember, Wisconsin wasn't even a state at that time. It is considered the oldest college in Wisconsin, named after Charles Carroll, who signed the Declaration of Independence. Carroll College celebrating its anniversary today, chartered in 1846. On this day in 2000, Alaska Airlines Flight 261 crashed into the sea. It was an MD-83 that had stabilizer problems before it went into the Pacific Ocean, killing all 88 on board. That was on this date in 2000. Happy birthday to Justin Timberlake. He is 40 years young today, and now you know. You know, we're still trying to get a grasp in many areas of the United States on what's happening with COVID-19, vaccinations, and now Omicron in the rural community. According to Dr. Mark Dowell, who is the medical director of infectious diseases at Banner Wyoming's Medical Center in Casper, Wyoming, he said it's really tough to get numbers on what's happening in rural America. He said right now, like many areas in the United States, rural areas are seeing their virus count go up. The data on rural areas is changing pretty much daily. Right now, we're peaking in a lot of rural areas, and it depends on where you are in the United States and how your state approaches the Omicron variant in terms of which schools are open. In Wyoming, no one's closing schools. Many counties are not even testing the children. And so it it is very different than some of the big cities where they're closing schools and testing all the children and providing testing at home. But in rural areas, it's exploding at the moment. That's Dr. Mark Dowell, Medical Director of Infectious Disease at Banner Wyoming's Medical Center. He's out in Casper, Wyoming. And he said, regardless of what the practices are, people have to understand that getting vaccinated means that more people are going to be able to work. And he says right now, with the Omicron and the way it's spreading, that's going to impact a lot of rural businesses. When you have Omicron, which is so contagious, you have a lot of employees out in local businesses and in a rural community where you depend upon these small businesses to make your economy flow. The last thing you want is to close those businesses and hurt everybody economically. So there are a lot of reasons. People go to church. You really don't want to be the person that brings it into church and unknowingly spreads it to a lot of people in that church and some get really sick. And there's been a lot of that that has gone on since the pandemic began. Again, Dr. Mark Dowell, he is an infectious disease director at Banner Wyoming's Medical Center in Casper, Wyoming. He's keeping a specific eye on what's happening with the COVID-19 vaccination situation in rural America. Back with a look at markets and how we're trending on a Monday in just a moment. Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University of Wisconsin Extension Weed Specialist, is excited to reconnect face-to-face with growers at Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo on February 3rd and 4th. So, you know, we were able to navigate uh, through Zoom. I mean, we were able to get some of the information out. But once, you know, once you do it through Zoom, you don't get that feedback, right? 
So we just got back to some large in-person events. You give a talk, you get a sense of what the crowd is thinking uh, about what you're saying there. Uh, and then at the end, that's the, usually the best part, usually at the, the Q&A, or at the end, after I'm done with the talk, when the people will come, the, the growers, the agronomists will come back and say, look, I mean, I, I'm doing this, I'm agreeing with you here, I don't agree with you there. That is the best part. And then they ask me excellent questions that lead to research questions for the next year. And that's the one thing we truly, truly miss, you know, during this whole uh, time here not being able to get in person. Register now for the 2022 Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo at cornsoyexpo.org, February 3rd and 4th in the Wisconsin Dells. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chunk Gill. And from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. So far, the markets are looking a little bit better on a Monday morning. Right now in Chicago, March corn's up four. December new crop up seven at 576. March soybeans are up 19 cents. November new crop up 15, 1366. March wheat's currently eight and a half cents higher with July new crop up nine and a quarter, 791 and a quarter currently. Barrel cheese up six and a half on Friday to 174 and a half. 40 pound black cheese was up six at 179. Double A butter up a nickel at 254 a pound. Currently, February milk is up nine at 2028 a hundred weight. March milk up two at 2140 a hundred weight. Hey, don't forget, if you would like to be the next ambassador for Wisconsin agriculture, better get your applications in for Alice in Dairyland. They're looking for the 75th Wisconsin Alice in Dairyland, and the deadline for applications is the close of business this Friday, February 4th. Remember, all applicants have to be at least 21 years of age as of June 1st. They also have to be a Wisconsin resident. Uh, they have a lot of things lined up for our 75th Alice in Dairyland, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40,000 miles that should be traveling in-state to act as Wisconsin Agriculture's spokesman. The annual salary, $45,000 plus travel expenses and individual health insurance reimbursement. Again, like we said, details available at the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection's website, or we've got them up as well at MidwestFarmReport.com. Don't forget, the 2022 Alice in Dairyland Finals will actually be May 19th through the 21st. Dane County is hosting. As always, if you need more farm news anytime, day or night, pop on over to our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, fabulous farm babe on Facebook. Sure would love for you to sign up for our daily e-newsletter. Then you don't have to do anything. All that news and information sent directly to your email address. Again, at MidwestFarmReport.com, you can sign up and get details. Coming up in just a moment, it's a big week for our Wisconsin corn and soy industry. Dr. Rodrigo Worley. University Extension Weed Specialist is one of those that will be presenting during the Corn Soy Expo. He tells us more about his work coming up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you... 
are the bright star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the bright star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler like Restylane Lift is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You want new floors, but you're not sure if you can do it yourself. With WiseWay Flooring designers and technicians, you'll have the knowledge and confidence to complete the job for a fraction of what you might think. I'm Mike Yenser at WiseWay Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Oconomowoc. See how our helpful hints might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, if you're a Wisconsin farmer, how many conversations have you had about herbicide-resistant water hemp, Palmer amaranth, giant ragweed, and what about herbicide supplies this year? You're going to get your questions answered at this year's Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, February 3rd and 4th at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. This update brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, which is one of the partners putting that program together. And I'm happy to say that one of the participants is Dr. Rodrigo Worley, our University Extension Weed Specialist. Boy, Rodrigo, there are a ton of questions in your area that farmers are going to be expecting answers to, not the least of which are alternatives to some of those herbicides we're just flat out not going to get our hands on. Yeah, you're right on, Pam. So I look forward to being at the Kalahari, uh, Wisconsin Dallas on the 3rd and 4th, and talk to our growers and, and our agronomists out there. Uh, we're going to be doing my presentations. I'm going to be talking about the herbicide resistance status uh, across Wisconsin. Uh, you hit the nail there, water hemp, palmer emerald, giant ragweed, horseweed. But there are some other weeds that are also evolving resistance that we're going to be talking a little bit uh, about. Uh, I then want to talk about some of the herbicide drip management projects that we've been working on. We have some exciting results uh, to share with our stakeholders. I'm then going to talk about integrating cover crops with pre-emergent herbicides, you know, cover crops. It's a hot topic now for our growers. There's a lot of interest out there. So some really neat things we're learning from our plots that we want to share with folks. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I'm going to be talking about the current herbicide shortages uh, and high prices, uh, how to navigate that and how to plan for your weed control season in 2022 and beyond. So I'm truly looking forward to being there. Lots to cover in a short period of time, but, but I think it's going to be a, a great opportunity to catch up with, with, with the, the farmers out there, Pam. 
Go back and talk to me a little bit, Rodrigo, about last year. I mean, one thing people need to realize, especially non-farm listeners, Rodrigo and all the university extension staff have stayed busy in farm fields, continuing their research despite the pandemic. What were your observations last year, Rodrigo, as far as uh, the herbicide resistance? Like I said, I battle water hemp. I haven't, I haven't seen palm amaranth on my farm yet, but I know it's coming. Tell me a little bit more about what your field observations were like last year. Is it just getting worse? And what about the percentage of fields impacted in the state? What are you going to share there? Yeah, no. So that's that's those are great questions, uh, Pam. So we, you know, the water hemp problem it continues to increase. It continues uh, to spread uh, from field to field. I think our farmers are now getting a better handle uh, on how to manage it, which is good news. Uh, they're using some new technologies, but as we continue to use herbicides, or as we continue to rely on herbicides, you know, more and more of these weeds continue to evolve resistance. Uh, so what we're doing now, we're paying close attention to how this populations are responding to the new herbicides we're using in soybeans, such as glufosinate, uh, dicamba, and 2,4-D. So we're paying close attention to that. And then on the other thing is the palmer amaranth that you just uh, mentioned. This past year, we detected four or five new infestations. Uh, and it used to be that most infestations that we were detecting were in the southern part of the state. Uh, but this past year, we detected uh, an infestation of palmer amaranth in the northwest part of Wisconsin. Okay, around the, the Chippewa Falls area there. So this, this weed is moving. It's a weed that we got to uh, keep a close eye on because once it comes here to Wisconsin, it's coming from location where, uh, you know, it's resistant already. So we're bringing this weed in with a lot of herbicide-resistant traits, which is what we don't want. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Dr. Rodrigo Worley along with us, University Extension Weed Specialist and one of the speakers that you can look forward to in breakout sessions during the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Please get registered today. You know, because of the protocol that many of our social gatherings have in place, they'd like to have a head count before you show up. Go to cornsoyexpo.org and get registered today. cornsoyexpo.org. That's February 3rd and 4th. You know, the other hot topic that I'm, I can't wait to hear from you on is the situation with herbicide supplies, Rodrigo. A lot of our folks that are going to plan on attending Corn Soy Expo are just now beginning to realize you can put the money down, but you may not necessarily get the product you're wanting. What are you hearing from industry leaders on that? Yeah, no, you're spot on, uh, fam. You know, the, the prices are much higher compared to past, you know, previous years. Uh, and the fact that you purchase doesn't mean you're going to get it. So there's a lot of concern on that. So the, re- the main recommendation for growers is to start, start talking, uh, you know, with industry, trying to purchase and secure those products uh, as soon as possible, but also start developing alternative plans, right? So glyphosate is high commodity right now. Uh, glyphosate is a key herbicide in our corn soybean production systems across Wisconsin and beyond. So if you don't have as much access to glyphosate, what is the plan B? Okay, what's the plan C and plan D for controlling the grasses out there, for controlling the velvet leaf? Because I know we have a lot of glyphosate-resistant weeds out there, but glyphosate is still a very, very important herbicide in our cropping system. So the shortages are real. Uh, I hope folks are already taking action, already placing their orders and securing their uh, products and if they aren't, uh, it's better. You know, we we really hope they they start doing that uh, soon. 
rather than later. Right, right. You know, Rodrigo, are you seeing any advancing technology outside of the jug that are going to help us control these weed situations? I mean, I'm seeing all, all about different plant monitors, different sensors that we could put on a plant in a field to really help us uh, fine-tune and narrow in on our, on our weed management. Are you seeing any of that? Are you investigating any of that for Wisconsin farmers yet? Oh, that's a fantastic question, Pam. So I think the one of the non-chemical strategies you asked that's gaining a lot of popularity is this high biomass cover crop system. Okay, so bringing high residue cover crops, especially in short soybeans, cropping systems really, really help uh, with suppressing weeds. We're doing some work that's being funded by the Wisconsin by the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, and that has shown some really promising results that I'm going to be uh, discussing. But then in regards to technology, artificial intelligence, there are some smart sprayers that are soon going to become available to our producers. And what some of the smart sprayers can do, they can detect where the weeds are. Okay, so that way we can optimize and we can optimize some of our chemical applications only where those weeds are within the fields. And we're going to start to do some work on that uh, next year, which and we're really, really excited about that. You know, one thing about Corn Soy Expo, again, Dr. Rodrigo Worley, along with us, our University Extension Weed Specialist. You know, one thing about being at Corn Soy Expo, Rodrigo, that we missed last year because they uh, postponed it is just that face-to-face interaction. I, I see when when farmers get you cornered in a room and they have all kinds of specific questions for you. I mean, that not only inspires them, but I'm sure it inspires you guys as researchers when you've got that face-to-face contact with the growers you serve. Oh, you hit the nail there, Pam. So, you know, we were able to navigate uh, through Zoom. I mean, we were able to get some of the information out. But once, you know, once you do it through Zoom, you don't get that feedback, right? So we just got back to some large in-person events. You give a talk. You get a sense of what the crowd is thinking uh, about what you're saying there. Uh, And then at the end, that's usually the best part, usually the the Q&As, or at the end after I'm done with the talk when the people will come, the, the growers, the agronomists will come back and say, look, I mean, I, I'm doing this. I'm agreeing with you here. I don't agree with you there. That is the best part. And then they ask me excellent questions that lead to research questions to the next year. And that's the one thing we truly, truly miss, you know, during this whole uh, time here, not being able to get in person. Yeah. Well, and, and you, like you said, they share with you what they're already doing. And sometimes I'm imagining that surprises you guys uh, that, uh, you know, you're, you can't visit every farm. You can't know what every system's looking like. But if they can stick around and share, that really does help you guys get some direction. It is amazing. And our farmers are so, so creative, Pam. They're really thinking outside of the box there. And sometimes, you know, we get the idea from them. And we do, and we validate, or a question that comes from them. And it's interesting because last year, I'm just sharing an example here. One of the farmers that we work closely with, we do a lot of our water hemp work uh, at the O'Brien Farms there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where we have our few days. We focus primarily on water hemp control in soybeans. They grow seed corn, right? Mm-hmm. So they cannot use glyphosate post emergence. So last year, they asked us, hey, can you run a trial looking at conventional programs? for corn without glyphosate in an area that's, you know, where estrazine cannot be used. So we ran that trial. Guess what? Now glyphosate is hot commodity. We may not have access to it. That trial comes in really, really handy. So it's a tremendous opportunity working with growers, addressing their questions, and help, you know, the entire state here now with one question that we got last year from one trial. Yeah. 
Very good point. Very good point. Again, an excellent example on why you need to be a part of the conversation at the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University Extension Weed Specialist, one of the people that will be there. It's February 3rd and 4th, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. But again, I encourage you, register in advance so that they can manage the meals, can manage the room size. That's cornsoyexpo.org. Cornsoyexpo.org. This uh, conversation with Dr. Rodrigo Worley, our University Extension Weed Specialist, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. This is the Midwest Farm Report 